Time now for the African Report. Our guest is Dr. Emmanuel Mutambo. We know that last week we woke up to the news that Mavusim Simang, Deputy President of the ANC's Veterans League, resigned from the party after more than 60 years of being a member, and he lamented the endemic corruption in the ANC. On that very day, the Center for Africa-China Studies at the University of Joburg launched a um, a, a life-committed uh, memoir by Isu Pahad, and this book lifts the lid on some of the issues that led Imsimang to quit the ANC, and that is what we are going to be focusing on today. Uh, Emmanuel, a very good morning to you and welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. So, bring our listeners into the picture. Who is Isu Pahad? Who is Mavusu Imsimang? And why do their opinions still matter in 2023 or 2024 for the ANC? Mavusom Simang, as your introductory remarks, they uh, made clear was the deputy president of the ANC Veterans League. So he had been in there up to his uh, resignation last week. He had been in the ANC for about 60 years. So he's, he was quite a veteran of, of the organization. And not only that, he represented somewhat the old generation of the ANC, the generation that was patriotic, the generation that was kind of idealistic in its way of how a post-apartheid South Africa would look like. So he carried some heft in himself, if not general political numbers, at least he had some moral authority to impart on the ANC's eroding luster. When it comes to Isop Pahad, he was a good friend of Tabombeki. He was actually, he's actually, um, rumored to have introduced Tabumbeki to his uh, wife then Zanelenbeki and Tabumbeki did the same, introduced uh, Meg Shorok to Iso Pahad and Iso Pahad was actually Tabumbeki's uh, best man in 1974 when Tabumbeki got married and they forged this lifelong relationship that culminated in Iso Pahad serving as minister in the presidency under Tabumbeki he was dubbed as Tabumbeki's abrasive protector so to say so he had a lot of influence not only in the ANC but also in the government especially when Tabumbeki was being attacked left, right, and center by the uh, by, by the media, most especially in some factions within the ANC. And obviously, in 2007, because of this close association that Isop had had with uh, Tabombeki, he was one of Mbeki's defenders at that watershed conference in Polokwane when Tabombeki lost the presidency of the ANC to Jacob Zuma. It was the first time, I think, in about 50 years when the presidency of the ANC was contested. And that, according to Pahad, signaled the erosion of the ANC as and, and he says in his memoir that the organization was then overtaken by opportunist factionalist and sectarian interests from which the ANC and South Africa have yet to recover so that is just a summary of the big biographies and the heft that these two towering individuals in the ANC brought to the organization so we know that this 2024 election is going to be particularly crucial, right? We, we know that President Ramaphosa has said he regrets that Mavuso Imsimang had to, to leave. And the ANC in itself now cannot deny the, 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 the depth of, of the issue with regards corruption and, and, and the other challenges that have become uh, systemic. Is this now the beginning of the end? Even if they get the most number of votes in the next election, uh, is, is what's going, what happened to other liberation movements in Africa going to happen to the ANC uh, over the next couple of years? 
Well, in, in terms of um, the, the, the moral authority that the ANC once boasted when it had the likes of uh, Oliver Tambo, Otasisulu, and Nelson Mandela, that has been eroded already. What they still hold at the moment, obviously, is this slender lead, by, by the way, judging from how they started in 1994, this slender lead in terms of uh, uh, votes. So that they still have to some extent. But although the writing could be said to be quite on the wall, by the way, because um, according to a study that was done by the Rivonia Circle, by November 2023, if elections had been held, then the, the Rivonia Circle took a sample of about 2,000 respondents, research respondents, and said if the election had been held by uh, November 2023, the ANC would actually get 41%, and that would be a 16% drop from the 57.5% that they got in 2019. So the, 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 the collapse, so to say, or the decline, at least uh, that has already been happening. It's palpable. Um, what does this say about liberation movements on the rest of the continent, especially here in Southern Africa? Well, um, you, you might not know this, but China recently built, um, the Mwalimu Julius Nyerere National Leadership School in Kibaha in Tanzania. And this leadership school caters for liberation movements in Southern Africa, the likes of the ANC in South Africa, SWAPO in Namibia, ZANU-PF uh, in Zimbabwe, and Fredimo, uh, Fredimo in Mozambique, and then Chama Chama Pinduzi in Tanzania. I think that is just so that um, these movements could be propped up. And why would they need be, why would they need to be propped up if they're doing relatively well? It is because they are, uh, it is because um, the, 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 their popularity has been declining. Swapo in, uh, in, in, in Namibia is under a lot of trouble. We know about the troubles that ZANU-PF is, is facing in Zimbabwe. It's, it's probably Chama Chama Pinduzi in Tanzania, and it is doing it by hook or crook that it is such a dominant part in Tanzania. So I think we are moving, so to say, from the era of when people were embracing liberation movements only based on the fact that they fought colonialism, apartheid, and settler rule. Today, we are now peopled by Southern Africa that wants tangible results, not any reflections about the role that you played during the apartheid days. People now want to see tangible results of your governance. In short, how have these liberation movements transformed themselves from being liberation movements to governing political parties? A lot of them, if not all of them, have struggled to do that. And, and do you see then this current climate impacting the other liberation movements in Southern Africa? Yes, indeed. Um, it, it, it is already happening uh, in, in, in Zimbabwe. Um, Ibo Mandaza, who is a renowned Zimbabwean uh, scholar, said that uh, in 2008, uh, the ZANU-PF had actually lost its elections in Zimbabwe to the uh, Movement for Democratic Change, the MDC, in, in Zimbabwe. In Swapo, uh, in the last election in Swapo in Namibia, uh, they dropped, I think, below 60%, if I am not mistaken. So, yes, th this is actually a signal that there is a new generation of voters in Africa, a generation that will not remain instinctively grateful uh, to, to, to offer a political party votes solely based on the fact that this was a party of liberation. People want a party that will deliver what South Africans want, what Southern Africans want. For example, today we are talking about rolling blackouts in, 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 South, in South Africa, and that is partly an indictment on the, on the African National Congress, and it to take more, much more than referring to the role that the organization played during apartheid to convince the voters. All right, Emmanuel. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much.